characters. And we get to be alive at the time to see it fall. I believe that Satan incited the Jews to scream, Crucify him! Crucify him! And it totally backfired when Jesus said, Forgive them, as they do not know what they do. I believe that the deep state or shadow government is trying to destroy America. And that soon, those involved are going to be completely exposed as America unites to destroy the deep state. I believe that we have an omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent God that has put his hand on this moment in time to deny the timeline of the enemy and is about to heal our land. I believe that the worldwide news media simply repeats 4 a.m. talking points produced by this criminal cabal and that it will soon be exposed for the entire world to see. I believe that all the world religions tell you that to get to heaven you have to earn your way to heaven with your works. But only Christianity teaches that it's by faith alone. And for me to get to heaven, it's 100% Jesus and 0% me. And for you to get to heaven, it's 100% Jesus and 0% you. I believe that George Soros is funding violent socialist groups to destroy America. And it will totally backfire as America wakes up, unites, and takes their country back. I believe that Satan wants you to live in fear. So he can feed off your fear. But that God has raised up an army of God. His remnant, his red-pilled Christian patriots that will help defeat Satan and the New World Order because of our faith. I believe that the Patriots have legally established over 150,000 sealed indictments that will soon be unsealed. And we finally will see justice established with military tribunals. I believe that Jesus' death on the cross was a complete victory over Satan. And that his victory allows all of your past, present, and future sins to be forgiven so that you can live the abundant life. And I believe in the power of one person working as a team with other Christian patriots and have massive impact in reversing this ungodly culture. And I believe that Obama and Hillary were exercising a 16-year plan to destroy America. And the Lord God Almighty saved us by allowing Hillary to be defeated by an anointed Donald J. Trump. And I believe that when I'm preparing to teach something, I end up forcing myself to learn it more deeply and I get blessed from what I learn. Therefore, I'm blessed to teach. And I believe that God has called me to empower Christian patriots with truth. And that's why I invite you to join us at blessedtoteach.com. That's blessed with the number two, teach.com. God bless you, and I hope you'll join me and all the Blessed to Teach patriots. And let's see what God is doing today. Here we are on Sunday. 
Sunday morning, May 7th, 2023. And uh, welcome to the Word and Worship. We're going to be playing music the entire um, hour and a half here or so as we dig into the Word of God and most importantly, praise Him and worship Him. Um, that's one of my favorite things to do as we do that four times a week now, Mondays and Thursdays on Praise and Prayer. And then we will do it, be doing it also on Word and Worship on Fridays at 5 o'clock on our normal start time. And then also Sunday mornings here at 10 a.m. CST. So join us on these times. We do have some travel coming up. So uh, some of those might adjust slightly, but we will keep everybody updated. So get on the email list. Uh, the way to, to get keep updated on everything and be able to get links to everything that I show is go to the show notes. And that's just go to blessedteach.com on the front page. You can sign up for show notes and get everything and be keep up to date on all. All right, and so uh, also the Blessed to Teach uh, backstage, backstage here. We have a bunch of people backstage already, and uh, you can come back there for free now because of a pay-forward model. So go to blessedteach.com, hit the backstage tab, and what used to be seventeen seventy-six a month for years um, is now completely free uh, for you so that you can join us back here and worship with a stereo quality sound on Zoom as well as uh, be able to uh, chat with people and uh, be able to worship with your camera if you want it or just keep it off and watch others uh, but you'll be able to see all the cameras versus the, the few that I show so I think you'll enjoy it if you come backstage we'd love to have you here you can do it right now by the way you can create it in a couple minutes and be backstage with us I want to lift this up to prayer before we get rolling we're going to start praising so Heavenly Father say thank you so much for this beautiful music you've given us with the video and the lyrics as well as attaching the scriptures to it. Lord, we just uh, enjoy this music so much. It refreshes me every time I do a word and worship or a praise and prayer. And I thank you for that. And I pray this will bless others as well. Lord, I pray you get me out of the way when we talk about the end times tonight, uh, the, the, this, this morning. Lord, as we teach, uh, allow only truth to come forward. Allow us to be able to be renewed our mind to be renewed by the truth, Lord. Um, I know that we do not want to be, we, we, we want to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, right? Uh, we do not want to be of this world. So allow us to understand um, what time we're in now. What are the prophets telling us and how does that relate to the biblical text? Because we want to test all the spirits, Lord. We submit all this to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, let's get rolling on some praising first. I think getting our hearts right was just uh, singing and uh, this lifting up the Lord is so important. So we're going to start with this Revelation song. Um, and th this is a song, again, that just has scripture oozing out of it all over the place. And uh, one thing it talks about is, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. All right. uh, we're going to be talking about that in the timeline as well. How, how's that? What's, what's that mean in complete to Daniel? We're going to be studying Daniel 7. We studied Daniel 2 last time I taught. So we're going to get into Daniel 7. Talk about how Daniel 2, 7, and 8 all, all uh, relate to the, the death on the cross, right? And so Revelation 5, 12 says, Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is a lamb who was slain, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. So what's the timeline that Revelation is talking about? We're going to be talking, digging into that. Sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Have mercy seat is such a key concept. In Revelation, it talks about the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb and they sang a new song. But we all, all the way back in the Old Testament, we hear about the mercy seat. It says, you shall make a mercy seat of pure gold and you shall put the mercy seat on the top of the ark. 
There I will meet you. That's Exodus 25, 17. Um, 25, 17 through 22. It says, but when Christ appeared as the high priest, this is what Hebrews discusses, he entered once for all into the holy places by means of his own blood, thus securing eternal redemption. So that's what we talk about. He who sits on the mercy seat. So we get to go, we literally go to talk directly to the Lord because the curtain was completely cut, split, so that we have the access to the mercy seat directly. How, how cool is that? And it says, who was, who was and is and is to come? In Revelation 1.8, this is who we're going to be studying as we talk about the end times because we know what's going to happen. So he's going to say, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Let's worship this Almighty as we study about the end times and understand what the death on the cross really means and what the second coming is really going to happen. How's that relate to today? Let's worship. Heaven
worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. appeared worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing revelations 5 12 we're going to sing one more song before we get into the teaching on the end times and daniel 7 and uh this is where we get our heart just right i think when we worship we can learn learn really well the word of god this song talks about light of the world. You step down into darkness. John eight twelve talks about it. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And it says, here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. This is like when Thomas saw the marks in Jesus' hands, his resurrected body. He said, Thomas answered him, says, my Lord and my God. Remember, Jesus did not correct him, so he accepted worship as as a as the as a God in flesh, Emmanuel. Number three uh, in this song talks about you're altogether lovely, altogether worthy. And Revelation talks about that. Where there are you, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. That's who we're worshiping today. I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin up on that cross. So for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. Is that not beautiful? 
So let's get our heart right. Make sure that we're here to just worship Him. As we sing this beautiful song, here I am to worship.
Beautiful songs that just get our hearts right to get into the Word of God. And that's what we're going to do now. This is a tough thing to teach on because there's so many different theories when you talk about the end times and the timelines, right? But um, one thing I like to do is try to simplify things down to where I can understand them and teach them, right? That's where Blessed Teach comes from because I get blessed as I have to study this stuff, right? So that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to, I'm going to teach it as, as, as clear and easy as I can about some of the, we're looking at Daniel 7, because we studied Daniel 2, and Daniel 2, 7, and 8 are related, um, those chapters. And then, how does that relate to Revelation, and Matthew, and 2 Thessalonians, they all talk about all these, uh, the end times, and the timeline, and what about the prophets that are talking about um, the great exodus, or the great awakening, and some people talking about the great harvest, how does that fit into and uh, versus uh, many people that are teaching, hey, no, everything's just going to get worse and we're going to go to tribulation, right? So I think it's important to look at the Word of God and test everything by the Word of God. And where where are some of these things? Because some of this is a mystery, right? We talk, they talk the, the, the Bible even talks about the mystery, the New Testament being the mystery, this big, long church age that um, people weren't predicting. And obviously it's happened. It's been 2,000 years of this church age. So let's, let's dig into to Daniel 7 and talk about how this relates to today. So if you look at this, uh, we talked about Daniel 2 uh, last time I taught, right? And Nebuchadnezzar's dream. I think that was a Thursday night that we dug into that. So we're going to get into, uh, and, and, he, and, he, uh, and I didn't actually taught that over two periods. It was probably Monday and Thursday. So now to this Sunday morning, we're going to be digging into Daniel's vision in 7, which is highly related to it, right? It says, in the first year, of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions in his head, and he lay in his bed. And he wrote down the dream and told the sum of the matter. Daniel declared, I saw in my vision at night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea, and four beasts, four great beasts, came out of the sea, different from one another. The first was a lion, and it had eagle's wings. Then as I looked, its wings were plucked off and it was lifted up from the ground and made this stand on two feet like a man. And then the mind of man was given to it. And behold, another beast, one, a second one, like a bear. It was raised up on one side. It had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And it was told, arise, devour much flesh. After this, I looked, and behold, another like a leopard with four wings of a bird on his back. And the beast had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this, I saw the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. It was different from all beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by its roots. And behold, in this horn 
There were eyes like uh, of a man and a mouth speaking great things. And it talks about ancient of day reigns in verse 9. As I looked, thrones were placed and the ancient of days took his seat. His clothes was white as snow and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames. Its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out before him. A thousand thousands served him and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court sat in judgment and the books were opened. I looked then because of the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking. And I looked, the beast was killed and his body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beasts, the dominion was taken away. But their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. So this is going to relate back to um, also the statue that we talked about in Daniel 2. And, uh, and, and actually, we're not going to get into Daniel 8 today, but I'll relate a little bit to what is in Daniel 8 to show how all three of these chapters, Daniel 2, 7, and 8, relate. This talks about the, the Son of Man is given dominion. I saw the night visions, and behold, the clouds of heaven there came one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. Then there's an interpretation in here. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was with me, was anxious, and the visions of my head alarmed me. I approached one of those who stood there and asked him the truth concerning all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of the things. These four great beasts are the four kings who shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and ever. Then I desired to know the truth about these this fourth beast, which was different from all the rest, exceedingly terrifying, with his teeth of iron and claws of bronze, and which devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet, and about the ten horns that were on his head, and the other horn that came up before which three of them fell, the horn that had eyes and a mouth that spoke great things, and that seemed greater than its companions. As I looked, the horn made war with the saints and prevailed over them until the ancient of days came and the judgment was given for the saints of the Most High and the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus he said, as for the fourth beast, there shall be a fourth kingdom on earth and shall be different from all of the kingdoms and it shall devour the whole earth and trample it down and break it into pieces and for the ten horns end of the kingdom ten kings shall arise and another shall arise after them he shall be different from the former kings and he shall put down three kings he shall speak words against the most high and he shall wear out the saints of the most high and shall think to change the times and the law this is a real key part right there and they shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. But the court shall sit in judgment, and his dominion shall be taken away, to be consumed and destroyed to the end. And the kingdom and the dominion 
and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the king, to the people of the saints of the Most High. His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Here is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me, and my color changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. All right, that is a lot. 28 verses that has been analyzed. You could teach a whole series on this for weeks, right? But I'm trying to really get to the nut and into the summary of this. So the first thing I'm going to talk about that relates back to Daniel 2, it also relates to Daniel um, Daniel uh, 7 here that we just read, and, and that is uh, these four kingdoms. And it's clear when you see when Daniel was, uh, was, at, was actually talking about this, he's talking about the Babylonian Empire. And uh, this, is, this shows that the Babylonians ended up even taking over Egypt and even parts of Lydia, which is now Turkey, right? Even, even down here in all of Iraq, all the way to the Persian Gulf. And Babylon was on the Euphrates River. And they actually see this dotted red line where they took Daniel um, um, and, and as, as the Babylonian Empire took over um, the southern kingdom. Right, Syrians took over the northern kingdom, right? So this, this Babylonians took over the Syrians here. And you see they, they, they actually they, they took them and took them all the way back to Babylon. And this is where Daniel is giving this prophetic words. And so the first kingdom is the same as the gold head of the statue, which I'll show in, show in a bit. But the whole point is that the, this, this first of these kingdoms is talking about the Babylonian empire, right? And... Uh, this, this, and this, the second kingdom is talking about Cyrus, and this is a real interesting study. We can get, we're going to get this and, and unpack this a little bit. But you can see um, where, where you see Egypt and where Babylonian was all the way to the Persian Gulf. It was even bigger. So you had basically uh, Cyrus come into power in 559 BC, right? While the Babylonian Empire was still still intact, and then he conquered Media. So they called the Media Persian. Um, empire and in nine years later in 550 bc obviously it's before christ so you're counting backwards here right so 559 to 550 is nine years when he took over the whole media empire and then um, from 550 to 547 three years later he even took over lydia all this area that's now turkey and then eventually his he takes over in 539 which is about 11 years later he takes over the entire babylonian empire right so a much bigger one this is the bear right so if you go back to to the to the four kingdoms we're gonna well, i'll relate that to a picture here in a second and so you so so you have the lion with the wings and then you had the bear right? and if you look at the lion with the wings uh, we we read you'll read about in nebuchadnezzar where he his wings were plucked right and so i don't have time to, to analyze every single part of this but but that's where he was completely silent. He, he was on his knees and acting like an animal and eating because he didn't humble himself. Remember that? And then, and then all of a sudden he was given his right mind back. Remember the lion stood up and was given the, the mind of a lion, lamb. So almost everybody agrees that Babylonian and Nebuchadnezzar, that that's this first lion with the wings. And then when we get into the bear, we're looking at Cyrus, King Cyrus in Isaiah 45 digs into detail of that and then many people call Trump um, the the, uh, um, the 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 modern day Cyrus right because he was not a, a believer he was a he was a he was a pagan that was used by God 
because once once he took over, he let them go back to Jerusalem, right, to rebuild the temples. That's where Ezra and Nehemiah and all those books come from. So now we go to the next kingdom, and you see, and this is Alexander the Great, the Greek Empire. So you can see we're zooming out each time because not only did he take over where Babylonian, he ended up taking over all these other areas. So all the way back to Greece where you're here, Macedonia, they called it back then. He took over Lydia. So everything um, you see that that, uh, was taken over, this is 323 BC. So Cyrus and the Persians were in control for a long time. But uh, from, from that uh, but but almost two, almost 200 years, almost exactly 200 years actually, before Ag- Alexander and he did this very quickly. So so you see see the they didn't touch the ground and the beast. And you'll talk about this in chapter eight of, of of Daniel as well. My point being is this is this is the third kingdom, and then obviously the fourth kingdom becomes. Um, be, 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 oh, oh, and it talks about the the four horns uh, um, the that, that it splits into four. So. Alexander Great, and we'll get this later too, was split into four pieces. And these are the four generals after Alexander died. He only died, he, he took over the whole, all these kingdoms when he was really young, 25, all the way, and he, but he died when he was 32. So the generals took it into four pieces. You can see, so Judea was still over this general, uh, Palmy. Right, so that's the this other part of the scripture. And, no, and, then, and then we get into the Greek Empire. You have to zoom out even further. So here, you, if I zoom in over here, you know, here's the, here's that, here, here's where Babylonia was, right? And then, and 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 you, and you can see they took over everything across the entire Mediterranean, right? And um, this is a Roman Empire. It was way bigger. This is the fourth beast of iron. So we're going to dig into this in a little more detail after we sing a few more songs. Uh, but uh, and dig into uh, how does this relate to the end times prophecies? How does this relate? Because the fourth beast, and remember, and back to the to the picture that we have of um, the Bab- chapter two and chapter seven. So here here's a summary of it right here, right? And there's a lot of different people that have different interpretations, especially when it comes down to this this uh, the the feet, right? And uh, and so we're going to talk about that and what, what my interpretation is. And this is the chart I found that best described it. So chapter 2, we talk about the head of gold being Babylonian and Nebuchadnezzar, right? The king was humbled, right? And, we, and that's where the lion with the, with the wings, right here. Angel's wings stood like a man. Chapter 8, when he writes chapter 8, which we'll get into next, um, he, it's already after um, the... Uh, Cyrus has already taken over. So Daniel lived through the Babylonian Empire and Cyrus took over. And so so when he writes chapter 8, he starts with the ram and the goat, which actually we're gonna, are going to relate back to this bear. So the bear had two sides raised up. That's medial and Persian. One was bigger than the other. The Persian was bigger than the medium, more powerful, right? That's why the two sides of the, of the bear, the three ribs are likely the, the of what they took over. If you go back and look at this bear, again, that bear was the silver here in chapter 2. And so the two nations, Persia was dominant, Persia is, uh, is younger. So you can also, uh, if you go back and look at the whole Cyrus uh, map, the three ribs were likely where he took over Egypt, he took over Babylonia, and he took over Lydia, right, besides the, what he already owned. So though, that's, that's the three ribs that they went and took over. Right, the media Persian Empire taking over Lydia. Then they took over, which we talked about in 547 BC, and then in 539 BC they took over Babylonian. And then his son in 525 BC took over Egypt. 
right? So that's that's what, what we're looking at, I believe, when we look at the bear and the three ribs that are in. in. It's, uh, and then, then you look at the next kingdom that comes is Greece. And it's this leopard with four heads and four wings, and it doesn't even touch the ground, right? It talks about, and you'll see more detail when we get to chapter 8, about the goat as well that talks about Alexander the Great. He took over everything in like 10 years. You can see how long it took Cyrus to take over that. He took even bigger, bigger territory. That's why it was, the, you know, leopards fast and quick. And this, so this clearly is talking about um, the, the, the Greek, Greek Empire and Alexander the Great. Again, that's, that's the belly that brass, as well as a leopard with four rings and four heads. It's, it's also going to be the goat, the goat in chapter eight, and then you'll see here Rome, and um, that's that is the iron, and the two legs of iron. Right, you've also got this monster with ten horns that come here, and then this uncut stone is going to actually in the in the in this prophecy we read about in chapter two, uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that little horn, which we, which is really, I believe, all future stuff. We're going to talk about this in a second after after we sing a little bit more. What are these feet of clay? Because that's where everybody disagrees. Well, tons of people disagree, and there's all kinds of different theories. And I'm going to tell you where I think it is and how it relates to today. Okay, so we have these ten little horns that are on this monster. One of them comes up that's speaking blasphemy against the saints, and he goes against the saints and all that. That's, I think that clearly is talking about the Antichrist. So I believe that this chart is true, that these ten toes with the iron and clay mixture that don't mix well together, right? Soft clay and iron just don't mix well together because some of it's brittle, some of it's not. And you're going to see that these ten kings, I believe, is all future. Not some people are trying to map it to what's now or what's happened. That I believe this is all future stuff, and we have what I we we always talk about what the prophets are talking about: the great awakening, the great exodus, and the great harvest is going to happen before we get into the tribulation and this antichrist, etc. And that's a controversial thing we're going to talk about, but I'm going to show you where in scripture why I believe that. Okay, so right, why let's get back into to, to this just a. Uh, worshiping the Lord a little bit more. So we're going to we're going to talk about that why grace is enough. And uh your grace is enough. And sing a couple songs here as we get back into this. So Corinthians 12:9 says, "My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness." I love that. This is the grace that the Lord gives us. This is the most important thing, to focus on what God's already done for us, right? Great is your faithfulness. You lead us by still waters. Lamentations 3.23, his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Psalm 23.2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. So no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's happening with the with, with, with the great tribulation and all of the things that and some people are worried that all the crazy things are going on now remember just just rest in his grace um, this third verse talks about remember your people remember your promises psalm 119 says remember your promise to me it is only it is my only hope your promise revives me it comforts me in all my troubles so all these promises we know god wins right Great is your love and justice. For great is your love. Reach into the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Psalm 57.10 For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. Isaiah 30.18 So we are blessed when we wait for him. Let's worship to the Lord God Almighty.
The grace is enough, Lord. Never come to an end. 
and our new every morning isn't that a great uh, a great I'm actually gonna go to another one I want to save that I'm gonna go to the heart of worship here anybody wants to read backstage let me know here but I'm coming back to the heart of worship it's all about you Jesus I'm sorry for the Lord the things I've made it it's another deep worship song that we're getting into this morning Mark 8, 34 says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Worship the Father in spirit and truth. John 4, 23. You search much deeper. You're looking to my heart how things appear. So I mean, no matter what this whole end times looks like, right? We can just focus and rest in Jesus. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. 1 Samuel. When Kings 8, 61 says, Let your heart, therefore, be wholly true to the Lord our God. So I think as we just rest in Jesus, we can understand a little bit more about how he's got our, our, us safely in his hands as we move in to these end times. King of endless worth, how much you deserve. All I have is yours. The Lord reigns forever, your God. For all generations. He always reigns, even when all the stuff's going on. That's Psalms 146. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and also for the sins of the whole world. 1 John 2.2. 2. Ah, Lord, you're a king of endless worth. You search much deeper into our heart. We're coming back to the heart of worship.
Just love this music, and she's done such a good job putting the videos uh, together that speak this. This is why we can worship backstage so well. We invite you to backstage, blessedteach.com, for the backstage tab. Again, the pay forward model. A lot of people are paying forward, so you can come on for free. We would love to have you backstage with us worshiping. Uh, we have this four times a week, two times with praise and prayer, Monday and Thursday, Friday. Uh, for word and worship and then here Sunday morning for word and worship where we're playing this beautiful music and worshiping him as we worship uh, again I want to anchor back into this whole end times discussion 
Um, again, this is a real quick summary look that, that when we study the book of Daniel, it kind of brings you right into it. You read chapter 2 and you realize that's talking about the kingdoms that are coming and even the future of what, where we haven't even gone yet. And also Daniel 7 as well. Daniel 8 talks about these kingdoms as well. So we're trying to piece it all together and ask, well, what about the great exodus? What about this great harvest? What about the great awakening? Is, is that anywhere in scripture or is, or what are these prophets really talking about? How does that relate to all of this in Daniel? And uh, and that's what we're talking about right now. And to, to anchor back to this, we just read chapter 7 today. We've been studying chapter 2 for the last week. But we know that it's uh, clearly coming back to, to uh, this first one being Nebuchadnezzar, which we talked about how the uh, Babylonian Empire, where Daniel was, was taken, right? Then we uh, went to the next one which was the bear that we read about with two sides raised up because one was uneven right and uh and that's this a persia that was dominant over the media the persia media empire the medio persia empire right in 538 bc and those ribs are these different areas they took over where king cyrus basically took over not only the babylonian empire um but also he took over lydia as well as the media so basically a much larger territory and this is king cyrus from 559 where he took over this and he took over media in 550 557 lydia then we see his son he takes over 539 he takes over all of uh, of the babylonian empire and then his son uh, takes over egypt in 525 bc so then it then then it took full 200 years before alexander great took this all back over in like 10 years it was crazy and that that obviously goes back to this, this uh, quick, fast leopard, right? That has wings like an eagle. Woof! Doesn't even touch the ground. It talks about and uh, the four wings and four heads, and uh, that's where we have Greece. And with Greece, it takes it over incredibly fast. Um, here, next Alexander the Great, you see, he took over all of Medo Persia, all the Babylonian old empire, right uh, away, as well, well as Lydia, and even obviously Greece. So you've got that was called Macedonia back then. So you really have Alexander the Great took over, but he died early at, at, at 32, and that's when the the if you look back at the four, the, uh, the leopard had these four wings and four heads. The four heads. What's that talking about? Well, it's the four generals that took over after he died, and one of them was very vicious to the to to the Jewish people. Um, this this this. Uh, Pullman here, guy. This uh, and so that 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 just kind of gets quickly over the history as we anchor back into this to see really what this is. So really now the key is this: what 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 about the legs and the feet, right? So we know the iron legs. Well, that clearly uh, um, comes back. This monster that has ten horns, and uh, this the little horn comes out of him uh, later here. And so we really have a, the Rome of what, where Jesus came into, right? Jesus came into it. And remember when Jesus, he didn't, they're expecting him to take over as a military leader, but he came over as the King of Kings and defeating Satan and coming as our, our sacrifice. So we can have to get to the throne of grace, which we've been singing about, right? What a beautiful thing. That's where we need to anchor in. But uh, Rome continued for quite some time before it failed. And when you look at this, it really looks clearly that's looking at the future, the ten kings and the Antichrist. That horn that plucks up the other three horns looks like the Antichrist. But I want to come come back to a couple other things. I want to come back to this Cyrus 
um, God's instrument. I'm not don't have, we don't have time to really study this, but Isaiah 45, like they call Trump the the, the modern day Cyrus. A lot of people do. Uh, Lance Walnut wrote, wrote a whole book on it, right? Uh, taught, or at least at least a book that had a big portion about this. And um, he was he he was literally 300 years before he was born. Um, God is writing about him, right? And he actually ended up freeing this, the, the the Jews to go back and. Ezra and Nehemiah to go back and build not only the temple but also the walls around Jerusalem. Um, I'll be there in, in June, by the way. I'm taking a trip to Israel, so it'll be real interesting to us. I relate a lot of these teachings back to that. Um, but there's other things that, of Scripture here, like the first beast um, here in Revelation. I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads and ten diadems on his horns and blasphemous names on his heads. So just because, because the, the, the first beast that we're uh, talking about here had these ten horns and seven heads. I believe that that ten horns is coming back to this. And so um, many people that look at this and you'll see it's at the time of the kings is what what, what we actually see in Daniel 7 uh, when it's talking about the horns of coming up and it does and and you and um, almost uh, it, it just comes to the point of the whole tribulation period and the whole iron and clay mixture and when the ten kingdoms show up and the antichrist shows up i don't think we're there yet and and i and i believe that's kind of where we're going to get into some kim clement prophecies here in a second this feet of clay is a future with ten kings and antichrist i don't think we've seen yet now some people are trying to map what are these ten kings right now is the antichrist alive right now you know is it and and i i, I believe we haven't seen that yet and we have this beautiful period of time where you have the church age, and, and the Bible talks about that being a mystery, right? Of this beautiful time when people are coming to Christ and the kingdom's growing. And remember this uncut stone that we read about in chapter uh, 2 um, is Christ. That's going to defeat the Antichrist eventually. But sometimes you have preludes and you look at prophecy and things prelude it, right? Like I think the first, the, obviously his first coming which was huge, right? And that first coming, it's almost like uh, eventually dissolved the Roman Empire the way it was, and you had and you have all these all this growth, if you will, of the of, of God's people coming in, expanding to the Gentiles from not, and we're getting, and the blessings of the Gentiles coming from from the nation of Israel, right? That we that we hear about, but you still have. These secret societies going on now. Now I'm going to try to apply it to today, where you have all these secret societies. And if you think about it, they're they're worshiping the god of the Babylonians, right? The god of the of, of even Cyrus and Greek gods, right? And uh, and obviously these Roman gods that are that are all these different gods. And and what do these secret societies do? They they worship Lucifer and all these different gods, right? So um, you, we saw in some scripture here, right here. Um, in Daniel 7. As for the rest of the beasts, it's talking about all four of the beasts, right? Their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season in the time. I believe they're still alive within these secret societies, within this new world order, with, with everything that's happening, all these spirits that are still there, and Satan's trying to take over back from so that so God's let them live, unfortunately for us, I guess, because when we they're all living in the in these evil people, um, Satan working through the new world order through all these secret societies, right? So yeah, and, and so all these secret societies of all these creatures, right, are still living today in this church age, 
that we're in right now. Now, a lot of people just look at the at, at timeline. If you go look, look at different timelines of the Bible, let's see if I can find one. Here's, here's one that just kind of looks at the full timeline, right? And it's basically talking about here's the, here's the, the gold, the Babylonian Empire, and then you got the silver, the Medo Persia Empire, and then the Grecian Empire that we just talked about, and then you got the iron. Obviously, Christ came here. That, that, that Roman Empire was there for a while. This changed everything, obviously. Um, as Jesus was crucified here in AD 33 and then we go into this church age that we're in now and this this talks about you are here now and everybody's expecting the next step to be the rapture or the tribulation right depending if you're a pre-rapture or mid-rapture or post-rapture person um, I'm I'm a pre-rapture just to let you know but it, uh, it doesn't really matter what, what matters is is are we waiting for Christ to return right no matter what we need to be ready at all moments Christ could come back tomorrow right I don't think he is based upon the timelines I think we have a period of time to really go through the great harvest and that's what we're going to dig into right now and so but we have this period of time obviously Christ dies for our sins and you have this huge Christ age right Christian age right here we know the Roman temple was destroyed and this church age is here um, you have the book of Revelation being written um, about the future and um, I think this has it right where it has the rock you can't read this very well, but it says the rock um, w- mixed with clay. I'm sorry, the iron mixed with clay and the, the great rock of Jesus destroying everything right here in his second coming, right? And I think that's a, the major fulfillment. But when we look at some prophetic words, it makes it interesting. So there's a word, and I'll unwrap this a little bit more on Monday when I teach. But the, this, this, this is the whole word of Kim Clement. So let's get back to some, what are, what are some of the modern day prophets saying? Well, I'm going to talk about Kim, Kim Clement and a little bit about Julie Green. So if you look here, enemies of Israel in the West, it's, it, it's this whole prophetic word, really um, the fortune of Zion. This talks about the precious sons of Zion. Um, and uh, this is Kim Clement on February 24th, 2014. I don't have time to read through this. I've read through it many times on my show, different parts of this. And um, but it's it's clearly talking about Trump. If you if you go back and read through this, it's this man. He's going to lift up to do do many things and take down the god of socialism and the god of of uh, the giant of debt and all these things. And he call, calls him as David. And you see in many other prophetic words, they're, they're calling Trump the 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 the, the uh, David in this. And um, and they, 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 the name is linked with gold, and obviously Trump uh, um, is linked with a lot of gold in there. And um, and um, it talks about this man that's that's going to come and, and do all these things. And it talks about this giant of debt here, and it talks about all these uh, um, how how and, and, and basically this new world order, this social. They're trying to take us over, and they're trying to destroy America, right? And, uh, but it says, I have placed that man amongst you, a humble man, and as a Samuel stood before his brothers and they had rejected David to become, to come because of his age. Take all these things and remarks I'm giving you. They are gems. The name of the word gold, remember that, a man that is amongst them but is young and God says these, that these shall reject him. It shall be shocked at how he takes the giant down. So how is he going to take this giant down? Now hear me please, the giant of debt, the giants that have come, the brothers of Goliath, stand in glee watching America. We will cripple you. You will lose your credit. But God said, watch, I say 20,000, look not to Wall Street. However, observe, and they shall say, what is your plan for this giant? And he will take a simple stone. 
This goes back to, I believe, a prelude to the ultimate second coming of Christ. But I think this is going to happen, obviously, before the second coming. Um, remember the name. And he will hold it up and they will laugh at him. But the plan is so brilliant, says the Lord. It could only have been given by me. So it's talking about gold stone, California. And it's talking talks about this stone. Um, and everybody's talking about who was the stone. Some people are saying Roger Stone. Uh, some people in, and, um, but I believe this is a prelude to the ultimate stone. And you'll see in Julie Green's prophetic word, she talks about the stone as well in this prophecy. This is a prophecy that goes back to November 6, 2022, right? So it was the name of it was, I am bringing a correction to your 2020 election, right? And uh, if you look at, stone here she talks about it here i told my my children time and time again that you have been given the authority on this earth you have been given authority so i have told you as my david is drawing near this is a time for the stones to be thrown so i believe trump's about ready to throw some a stone it kind of gets more specific down here where I didn't realize there was one way up there too. Let me see what it says. My children, I have told you I am bringing back my David and that my David has the stones. Okay? So I believe this is the same stones that is going to take down this giant of debt and the giant of socialism that Kim Clement was talking about. Okay? And uh, right here, it says, and he has the stones in his hands. He knows exactly what to throw and I will tell him when to throw it. You are coming to that day when the stones will be thrown. But only the stone is needed to take them all down because that is one stone, because that one stone is me. So you want to know what the stone is? It's the Lord God Almighty is who it is. And uh, I believe this is a prelude to his second coming. It's about ready to happen in our time. And if you look back at... uh, some other scriptures where Jesus was reading Isaiah 61 and the chosen does a beautiful clip on that where Jesus is actually reading um, from Isaiah 61 and he gets rejected right he he read he read right through verse 2 of 61 but he didn't finish it and uh, I'll play this tomorrow night and talk a little bit more how that relates specifically to this but I want to I want to look at that right now so we know Jesus was rejected at Nazareth so this whole story about what he read, he re- he opened up the scroll, right? And uh, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight for the blind, to set the liberty, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So this is the year of the Lord's favor from Isaiah 61. And that's happened for the last 2,000 years. We've been in the, in the year of the Lord's favor. Right, the the mystery of the this 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 church age. And if you go back to Isaiah 61 and you look at it, this is Isaiah 61. He stopped right in the middle of verse two, right? And so the question is, is is why? And the scene in the chosen does a beautiful job showing he's not he wasn't here for vengeance. He was here to establish a new kingdom, to be the year of the Lord's favor and, 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 and basically save people from their sins. That's what it's all about, right? That's what we've been singing about. It's, grace is enough. That's where we should be anchored. But what's, what's going to happen now when Trump throws that stone, right? Many people think that this next, next part of this is talking about the second coming. I believe it's talking about this period of time right now. 
So what do, what happens? What happens when when the stone of debt and the stone of of uh, of uh, uh, I mean, sorry, the giant of debt, the stone destroys that. The stone dest- was just the Lord. He, he basically is a Trump, in my opinion, coming to the Lord like never before and using the word of God and the power of the word of God like we're supposed to be. And he becomes part of the body of Christ like never before, right? And what happens? Well, let's read what, what, what the rest of the 61 says. And the day of the vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. That's the beauty for ashes that we sing about, right? And the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. I believe this is talking about the best is yet to come that people are talking about right now. It's going to be happening. Strangers shall stand and tend your flocks. Foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be called the priests of the Lord. They shall speak as you be as and they'll speak of you as the ministers of God. People are having visions and, and many prophetic words about stadiums being full instead of sports fans. It's all for the glory of God. Multiple, multiple days coming into these stadiums. Can you imagine that? On a Saturday or Sunday, instead of having full of people, the stadiums full of sports fans, those same exact stadiums are full of all these different revivals going on simultaneously across the world. Yes. You shall eat the wealth of the nations. There's a great wealth transfer right there. And the glory of you shall boast. Instead, your shame, there shall be double portion. Remember this song that talks about shame turned into glory, right? Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in the lands, they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. For I, the Lord, love justice. The Lion of Judah is coming down for justice. We're seeing prophets talk a lot about that right now in this day. I hate robbery and wrong. You think that he's going to wait until the second coming? I don't know. I, I think he's going to have the great awakening right now and the great exodus and the great harvest. I will faithfully give them the recompense and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their offspring shall be known among the nations and their descendants in the midst of the peoples. All who see shall acknowledge them and they are an offspring the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation, and he covered me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, as a bride adorns herself with jewels. We're getting ready for this marriage that's going to happen when the second coming, but I believe there's going to be huge. Look at this. This verse 11 is key. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts and the garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. I believe that's what we're about ready to go through right now when that stone is thrown, the giant of debt is destroyed, the giant of socialism and secularism is destroyed. And we are going to move into the second half of Isaiah 61 that Jesus didn't talk about because we're moving into where his body of Christ is going to be in action. And we are going to be able to see amazing things happen. And so if I go back to this chart right here, guys, this is the iron of feet and clay. We're in between this time. 
And it's been 2,000 years, right, since the death of Jesus more, plus 2,000 plus years. And we know that the future, that these four, ten kings are going to come up and the Antichrist is going to come. But what is God going to be doing before that? Well, I believe he is going to throw a prelude to the final stone, and it's going to be in our time. And that stone is going to bring back what Isaiah 61 tells us, where Jesus stopped at the beginning of verse 2, where he gave us beautiful things. But now it's going to be activated here on all the earth. And as the last line of 61 says, what is it going to do? So the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. Let's worship this God. This reminds me of the graves to gardens, right? Where we talk about um, this, this whole psalm talks about beauty for ashes, turning shame into glory. He turns graves into gardens. So let's sing that song about what God's going to, I believe, going to be doing in this time. Lord, there's nothing better than you. You're the only one who can. He's the only one who can do this. That you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. Exodus 8.10 Philippians 3.8 says, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. That's where our focus should be. Why? Because God, what's he do? He turns mourning into dancing. He gives beauty for ashes. Psalm 30, 11 says that you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. Isaiah 61, 3 says to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. Third verse here says you turn bones into armies like Ezekiel 37 talks about. So I prophesied, this is Ezekiel saying this, and behold a rattling and the bones came together and the breath came into them and they lived and stood on their feet an exceedingly great army. I believe that's what's going to happen here where this exceedingly great army of harvesters come in. The harvest is great. The laborers need to come. The army of laborers are coming for this great time. You will turn seas into highways. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord drove the sea back and the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. I believe we're about ready to go to the second exodus. The great exodus as Julie would call it. Or the or the Lord called it through Julie. And Timothy Dixon calls it the second exodus. The great awakening, the great exodus, and the great harvest. I've seen the graves of the garden. I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me.
give him some praise. You may know that there's only one, there's no one like the Lord our God. Exodus 8, 10. I wanted to uh, dig into one other thing as, as we look at the other evidence for us just not moving right into the tribulation like many people are teaching right now. And um, it's Psalms 2. So if you just go look at Psalms 2, right? I can encourage you to study this on your own. And I'm going to use the ESV version here. But you can search, uh, you know, read it in different versions to really make sure you're getting the full, the full um, meaning of what it's saying here. It's talking about the reign of the Lord's anointed. And when I read this, I read this as we're the body of Christ. And we're anointed, and we're, and this is what's going to happen to us, right? It's not just Christ. Remember, Christ is in heaven; He's the head, and His body is here on earth. So, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to ask God to do something? And I want you to think about that as we go through this. This is the reign of the Lord's anointed. Is the whole psalm, right? And that you'll see, and I believe this applies to today extremely well. It says, "Why do the nations rage?" And the people's plain in, uh, plot in vain. Is that not what the globalists are doing right now? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. Is that not what they're doing right now? They got the, all these newer leaders like Trudeau and Macron and Biden and all these evil kings that are basically doing exactly that. They are, they are basically setting themselves against the Lord and against his anointed, us, the body of Christ. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. We've heard that from prophetic words from people just recently, right? That's what he's doing right now. He's laughing at the, what they're trying to do. Then he will speak to them in his wrath. And terrifying them in his fury. Saying that for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son today. I have begotten you. Clearly talking about Jesus, but remember, we're his body. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage. The ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a Ryan with a rod of iron and dash them into pieces like a potter's vessel. Guys, this is what I believe we're going into. What are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be asking Lord to take down this cabal by the power and authority of Jesus that we have. And we ask him to give the remnant, give the nations our heritage and the ends of the earth our possession. And we will break this cabal with a rod of iron and we'll dash them into pieces with a potter's vessel. Now that arrow kings, be wise, be warned, O rules of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are those who take refuge in him. So that's my question for you right now as you study this and other scriptures. What is the reign of the Lord's anointed? Is that going to be after in the thousand years of Christ, after the tribulation, after all that? Or is that going to be something before the rapture? I think it's before the rapture. 
It's going to be a glorious time. And the prophets are talking about it right now. They're getting visions about it right now. They're getting visions of these stadiums being full of God's glory. Let's bring it in. But what, is it, what are we supposed to be doing? Ask him. Ask him. Right here. Ask of me. And I will give, uh, uh, ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Let's worship to that. Let's worship to that with a song I've been waiting for here. This is fighting our battles with praise and worship. Let's do that right now. This is Surrounded. One of my all-time favorites from, this is, this is, how I fought my battles. What are your weapons? My weapons are praise and thanksgiving. Guys, I want everybody to make sure they understand that. Just like, just like we talked about the raise of hallelujah, talked about my, my, my weapon is a melody, right? This, our weapons are praise and thanksgiving. This is part of the way we fight this battle. Just like he did in two Chronicles where literally the praise band was in front of the army. He pointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire. And they went before the army. And when they began to sing and praise, what happened? What their, their predecessor task was to sing and praise. The Lord set an ambush against the men who had come against Judah, so they were routed. They all helped to destroy one another. You want this cabal to help destroy themselves? You sing and praise. Right here, sing and praise. So we do four nights, of, four days a week for this reason. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Remember when... Elisha had to pray to his servant so he could see. All these horses and chariots were, were around them and they looked hopeless. said, no. What did he say? He says, do not be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. That's where we are right now, guys, I believe. We just need to pray for this bones that we just took the 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 this army of bones to arise all these laborers for the great harvest it's going to be a wonderful time there's a table that you prepared for me in the presence of my enemies you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies right there psalm 23 5 lord's prepared a table for us in front of this cabal this globalist cabal it is your body and your blood you shed for me luke 22 talks about and you took bread you gave thanks. We'll be doing communion every other Monday. This is my body, which is given for you. This cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. He shed his blood for us. He set a table before enemies. We look surrounded, but we're not. We're surrounded by him. Let's open our eyes and praise him.
I um, didn't realize I taught so long there. We uh, we burnt through the hour and a half and more. But I did want to just uh, have a little bit of time for any backstagers to share anything they'd like to share about what this teaching may mean on Psalm 2 and Daniel 7, um, the end times timeline. There's uh, I'm going to be um, pulling this back a little bit deeper on Monday where we play the clip of Jesus um, reading the first part of Isaiah 61 and stopping right in the middle of verse 2. And a very powerful verse and then expanding a little bit up on that. Um, but just wanted to open it up to anybody that would like to share anything or talk a little bit about uh, what this teaching means. I see Ann saying from uh, Rumble Rant says, Since the word said that God inhabits the praises of people, Psalm 22.3, I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth, Psalm 34.1. Because I want the Lord to walk with me every moment and every single day. Amen and amen. Go ahead, Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Isaiah 61 is very meaningful to me. You know, more almost 40 years ago, the first time I ever read that scripture, I don't know, something came over me. Uh -huh. I knew it was very special in my life. For some reason, don't didn't know what or anything, but now I know. Yeah, amen. <laughs> Part of that remnant. And number two, Psalm number two, you know, that he sits in the heavens and laughs at his enemies. Uh -huh. And he had me praying for nations, just asking him for all these nations one day. Mm -hmm. And I, and everyone, he kept popping them in my head and I'd be speaking them out. <laughs> I am. So amen. God. Thanks so much. Yeah. It's kind of powerful to me. I was really praying, and as I, as I talk about, I get blessed when I have to go study, right? And I was just really saying, how do these prophetic messages of, uh, of the great exodus and the great awakening and the great harvest, how, how you know, this billion sore harvest that some people are talking about, how does that fit into Scripture? Because most people are teaching it. It goes church age, boom, rapture or tribulation, and uh, you know, everything's going to get worse. You know, just 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 focus on Christ and uh, and and don't get involved in politics. Don't get you know almost the same sleepy message that the churches are teaching right now about not fighting for our rights, not fighting for our seven mountains of cultural influence. And uh, obviously, all the prophets are speaking just the opposite of that, saying it's time to fight and call this enemy down and uh, bringing in the beauty for ashes, bringing in the the shame to glory. And um, and that's when I just saw that I just realized sixty Psalm sixty one and Psalm two just just came out so heavily in my studies. Uh, but really, that's what I believe we're about ready to go through before the rev, the, the rapture. But we got to be always prepared for Jesus to come back right tomorrow, right next hour. <laughs> Make sure you're you're set. But I do believe he's going to use his body of Christ in a mighty way uh, before the tribulation hits. Um, but anyway, any other, anybody else have any thoughts or, or on that? And so hopefully you enjoyed uh, that where we dug into why, right? And then again, we'll pull back that onion a little bit more Monday night when I teach on um, that Isaiah 61 and what Jesus said there. And so go ahead, Teresa. Well, Teresa, you're still muted. She's trying to unmute there. I see, I see Am her. I still muted? Now we Am can I hear you. Now there? we can hear you. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. I think that you're right. I think we're not done yet because Jesus also said he was coming back to his church who was going to be without spot or wrinkle mm-hmm. and that we were going to do greater things than he, he had done. Mm-hmm. And I've lived 67 years and I have not really seen us do things greater than he has done. Yeah. So I think <laughs> that I think that he's giving us time to do those things and to get ourselves in unity and start walking as one body with him as our head and so i think we're going to be here for a time that's so that's, that's a good point that's my belief i'm not sure but that's what i think yeah that's one of my favorite memory verses is john uh, 14 12 that she just mentioned i'll bring that up here um thank what's you. it what's interesting about that thank you uh, teresa is this that jesus in red letters here he is truly truly i say to you whoever believes in me will also do the works that i do if you just stop there, you think, oh my goodness, he, he, you know, the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dumb will speak again. Yes. <laughs> Lazarus raised from the dead, several people raised from the dead, right? But, and he doesn't stop there. And greater works than these will he do. Why? And he, yes. tells us, he tells us why, because I'm going to the Father. So he went to the Father, he sent his Holy Spirit down on us, and, and now we as a body have gone to sleep, and he's waking us up now. He's waking us up, that's what the Great Awakening is. And we're going to see his yes. body do the glorious things, the stadiums full, everything the prophets are talking about right now, to see this great awakening, this great exodus, and this great harvest right before our eyes. <laughs> and, Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and uh, tell you what, that is going to be that's going to be an exciting time, isn't it, Teresa? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. I've got God bumps on my God bumps. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, does anybody else have anything else before we uh, wrap her up? I know we went past the hour and a half we normally do, but uh, just felt that I wanted to get through Psalm 2 and and uh, Isaiah 61 and, and encourage you to study this on your own. And um, again, I'm really, this is all encouraged because we're going through the book of Daniel right now. We did verses 1 and, I mean, uh, chapters 1 and 2. And then that, uh, before we went to 3, I was going, you know what, I think I taught, I did, did teach 3, but, but now it's going, 2 so related to chapters 7 and 8 of Daniel. And then you really get a lot of futuristic uh, stuff in, in the later chapters of Daniel, too. So we'll get through all those in the next month or two, month, a month and a half, maybe even less. Um, so I think you enjoy enjoy us just digging in and uh, really trying to figure out what, is, what does that really mean in light of today and what the prophets are telling us, right? And uh, that's what I love to do is really apply everything to what's going on today. So if you want to have those, I usually teach on Mondays, Thursdays, and Sundays. Uh, we do have a heavy travel schedule next week where Gus and I will be in Miami. If you're in Miami, make sure you, you look us up. We'll be in the media room most of the time. And would love to uh, see those that are going to be at Trump Doral um, this weekend, uh, this next weekend. And then, and so, so we'll, we'll be playing a, this, this is some, uh, some older episodes. Uh, I might just replay this one next week um, as we're in the midst of Daniel. Uh, but appreciate you guys joining us and worshiping with us. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and end with, a, with one more song. This is a deep worship song. And uh, we love you guys so much. So let's dig into this. Um, this is worthy of it all. And this is what it is. He is worthy of it all, man. He didn't come down and to save us from our sins. He's also, I think, going to glorify us in this great harvest. And then he's going to save us from the tribulation. And we get to the thousand years of Christ. Well, we got a beautiful time coming up. The best is yet to come, I tell you. It says, all saints and angels... They bow before your throne, 
All the elders cast their crowns before the Lamb of God and sing. We got to look forward to this as well. That the 24 elders fall down before him. They sat on the throne and worship him that lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne. We're going to get crowns and we get to cast them. Is that not going to be beautiful? And for from you are all things and to you are all things. Revelations 4 again says, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things, and for your pleasure they are and were created. And then this moves into a beautiful part of the song that says, Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Remember, this is incense that they burned at the temple. This incense is our prayers. It's the prayers of the saints. And you are a royal priest. Remember that. In these prayers, God hears them. Malachi 1.11 says, For from the rising of the sun, even to its setting, my name will be great among the nations, all nations. And in every place, incense is going to be offered to my name. Let's pray to the Lord God Almighty because he is worthy of it all. You are the other.
be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Psalms 46.10 Day and night, night and day, let
Whoa. All right. I just had uh, one of my screens go out on me, which is really weird, so I can't even control what's going on right now. There it goes. <laughs> Sorry, I was meant to flip over to here. We're not going to do another song just because it's, it's, it's almost two hours into this. But wanted to say thank you so much. Wanted to invite you guys to be involved in this ministry. Look at the description in the bo- in, in, in the uh, video that you're in right now, and you'll see all kinds of ways to get involved. Um, i tell you what. Um, also, please just like this video, share it. Um, other people just love to worship, and um, I think more and more people that understand how what you've, we've done with these videos and attaching scripture to the video and making sure even on the mobile phone you can see the lyrics and be able to really engage in honoring the Lord God Almighty, right? Um, also, so, so anyway, well, I wanted to push you, um, not push you, I wanted to invite you to look at the description box and see there's a link to join backstage absolutely free now right pay forward model so people are allowing you to come on for free to get back here on the zoom and we do things uh, five or six days a week and actually um, other of the beautiful prayer wars we have backstage are sponsoring other events as well and so that's another thing I want to invite you to neighborhood.social it's the Facebook replacement right Facebook censoring me massively right now we used to get five to 10,000 views on, on Facebook. We get less than 1,000 now, right? So they're not, notifications aren't going out. So uh, the only way you can help is share this video. That's the only way people on Facebook will ever see it. Um, but, what a, but, but go to neighborhood.social to just get into Christian Patriot platform, right? And I wanted to show you that just real quick. If you go to neighborhood.social, and that's neighborhood.social. We've rebranded it off of a B2T neighborhood. So the app will be up and running here soon, probably late next week or early the following. But the Christian Impactor platform, and what I want you to do is just go to groups and look at these B2T Zoom groups. These are um, this awesome, awesome people. And I want to invite you right now, if you listen to this live, to go to a 3 p.m. Um, prayer share care sunday at 3 p.m and there's another one right now i'm sorry at noon right now there's a two so there's two today if you're listening to this live there's a noon one cst growing in the fruits of the spirit beautiful um you can get the link right here by going to neighborhood.social going to groups and, and opening up this and you'll see the zoom group will be right there in the info tab there's the zoom that you can actually join at noon um, on Sundays, on every every Sunday, right? And then also at three o'clock, if you're listening to the recording and it's still not three o'clock CST, you can go to Prayer Share Care. And uh, then every single uh, week we have something else going on. Here's a Wednesday is, uh, at the God Squad and the, in, in the Intimacy with the Holy Spirit at noon on Tuesday. That's a brand new group, by the way. It'd be a fun one to, to join. Intimacy with the Holy Spirit, noon CST. It would be at PCR on Tuesday nights. We've got um, the Courts of Heaven Friday at 3 p.m. And then we have Wednesday night. We have Gus teaches a Bible study. It's beautiful. We do some training then. And then Saturday at noon, you have the safe place to talk with the Truth Connectors. So join us. It's one of these groups. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, It's a beautiful, beautiful time of just coming together of Christian, awake Christians that are supporting each other and getting ready for this great harvest we just talked about. There's going to be hundreds of groups, I believe. We have seven or eight of them right now. You can see they're going to be ready to not only support each other, right, and love on each other, but to be trained and ready for the great harvest. 
where we will bring in people to our small groups and that are hurting, people that need emotional and physical healing. Um, that'll be awesome. With that, we're going to call call it a, a, a service for this Sunday, and a welcome. Uh, make sure you join us Monday night after the show, the Blessed Seat show. We will get into another praise and prayer and talk about the clip with Jesus on Isaiah 61 and peel this onion back a little bit further. Um, God bless you guys. I'm just going to say a quick prayer. Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for the beauty of being able to study your word. Thank you for all the word of God, and especially for things like Psalm 2 and uh, what, what uh, Teresa just talked about with uh, John 14, 12, all these verses, um, as well as Isaiah 61. Just so much there. Thank you for Daniel 7, Daniel 2, Daniel 8. Let us learn what you want us to learn from these, Lord, as the scripture comes into our heart like a double-edged sword. Lord, thank you. We present this all to you. We love you. We say these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Backstagers, if you wouldn't mind uh, unmuting and saying goodbye. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Love you all. Love you guys. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Shalom. Shalom to you all. So good to see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah.